Sideboob Cinema is a retrospective movie show for adults only. Educational, satirical, transgressive. It's just entertainment and we're not out to offend, but at the end of the day, Frank Zappa said it best. You either get it or you don't. Roll the tape. Schmierlappen and Grote Lullen. This is Sideboob Cinema, your podcast with a podcast. My name is Ricky Orpike, and joining me are my fellow whiteies, AJ and Jonathan Astro. How are you two? <laughs> Hi, bro. The roll of Hi, the Brown. tongue. The chef's kiss. <laughs> <laughs> so, for those of you who do not speak Dutch or Holland, as we would say, I said, uh, welcome perverts and huge pricks. This is Sideboob Cinema. <laughs> So, <laughs> we are reviewing a Dutch film today, are we not? We are uh, English title Black Book from 2006, directed by Paul Verhoeven. Now, give me the Dutch title. Svatboken. Svatboken. No, no. Svatbok. Sorry. Boken would be books. Oh. Okay. All right. Bok is book. Well, that's what it's called. Um, oh, I was going to play... One second. Cut this annoying bit. <laughs> This bit out. It's a gold member. Shut up. Let me just say, <laughs> let me, let me, let me just say that um, I'm on the quickly. I'm on the road, people. Good dear listener. Um, <laughs> being on the road uh, sucks the fucking big one. Um, I'm on the because ho- I'm in a hotel. My wife and baby are sick. Uh, I've cobbled together some fucking system here and it's it's a total nightmare and I just want to blow my brains out. But so <laughs> did... That's how I felt when I did it from the fucking car. Oh, yes. What what uh, what movie was that you did in the car? I can't even remember. I've blocked it out. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right, gold member. Don't play the laughing boy. There are only two things I can't stand in this world. People who are intolerant of other people's cultures and the Dutch. What? (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Very good. Totally worth it. (laughs) This is a Paul Verhoeven film, late Paul Paul Verhoeven from uh, 2006. Yes. And just to give you a bit of context, we got the idea uh, from, we interviewed Jessica Crispin recently and she said that you know, Verhoeven's her favourite filmmaker and that she loves, you know, Basic Instinct and Showgirls and Elle. And so we thought, well, you know, there's a cut. let's knock off a few late Verhoeven films. So that's what, what got us on this track. Uh, that's why we're going to do Black Book, Elle and and uh, Benedetta, his, his uh, latest film. But this film uh, he did, so he did Starship Troopers in 1997 and then, you know, Spent a few years doing Hollow Man with Kevin's Bacon, um, and <laughs> is that a good movie? I can't remember. Ah, uh, well, it had lots of VFX in it. But he says about it, I saw it at the movies. It was, it's fine, and it's got some. It's just not up to his standard. Um, he said, "I decided after Hollow Man, this is a movie, the first movie that I made that I thought I should not have made." 
you'd made money in this and that, but it really is not me anymore. I think many other people could have done that. I don't think many people could have made Robocop the, that way or either or either Starship Troopers, but Holy Man, I thought there might have been 20 directors in Hollywood that could have done that. I felt depressed. Uh, I felt depressed with myself after 2002. So he was bummed out and this film, Black Book, was... This was a, a real comeback and a real... It's sort of like um, Garage Days, uh, Metallica album, you know? Like it's him going back to uh, his native tongue and, you know, uh, going back to his homeland and, and smaller budget. And it was it was heralded... It was received really well, you know? It was, yeah. So, because people were like, you know, he, he just... He took Hollywood as far as he could go you know mega smashes and then just bottomed out and was like oh fuck it let's go and you know get back to basics so that's where we're at now under what circumstances did i mean obviously i fucking watched it you know on a fucking ipad and (laughs) then the and the rest of it uh which you know i don't like but what what did you what did you guys how did you do it i watched it beautiful cold day on the couch it was it was great it was mm. great good it was a real experience yeah yeah i watched it on tv with my wife who very much enjoyed the film too which is good oh that's good you you did mention the budget for a second there so just before we move on it has an estimated budget of uh 12 million euros and uh it is the most expensive dutch film ever made at the time of its release its gross worldwide was 26 million. I think that's US. And it's the highest grossing Dutch film of all time. Oh, wow. So, what a, what a return. Mm. Yeah, that, that is a spectacular return. From the director of Basic Instinct and The Fourth Man. The Fourth Stein. Stein. An untold story of World War II. Excellent. She changes her identity. She infiltrates the enemy. How far are you prepared to go? Do you mean sleep with him? Accused of betrayal from both sides. We'll hunt that girl down. Now she must fight to save her life. From director Paul Verhoeven. Winner, best picture at the Netherlands Film Festival. Official Dutch entry, best foreign language film at the 2007 Academy Awards. Black Book, a Paul Verhoeven film. Uh, well, I'll get look. The synopsis is quite um, it's quite juicy. So, uh, oh, I'll, well, no, I, I, 
this is one of those ones that I've, uh, you know, I, I, it's quite a, a plotty film. So mm. uh, let's let's get into it. So it's 1944 in Nazi-occupied Netherlands, and we follow Dutch-Jewish former singer Rachel Stein, who is hiding from the Nazis and Frank style. And basically her hideout is blown to bits by a stray bomb from the Allies, so Rachel goes to see a lawyer and former colleague of her father's, a man called Schmal. So um, now, Ricky, you can correct my pronunciation at any point here, because I'm going to have a lot of trouble. Uh, so Schmal gives her cash and diamonds and sets her up with a smuggler called Van Gein. Van Gein. Van Gein. Van Gein. Uh, the smuggler reunites. That, no, that's right. That is uh, that's how they say it in the film. I remember. Uh, the smuggler uh, Van Gein uh, re- reunites Rachel with her family, her mother, father, and brother, and puts them on a boat along with many other fleeing Jews. Uh, with the view to smuggling them across the border in the dead of night. Now, they don't get very far. Uh, They're sprung by the Germans and are all gunned down by Rachel, who manages to escape. She watches in horror as a tubby SS officer called Franken and his men loot the bodies for their valuables. Soon after, Rachel adopts the name Ellis de Vries and becomes involved with the Dutch resistance, led by a man called uh, Kuipers? (laughs) Kuipers? Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Quip. Quipers. Quipers? <laughs> I, I don't Come know. on, I Ricky. Can't remember. I can't remember. Ricky, what kind of Dutch <laughs> man are cap- you? Sorry, capers. Capers. You fake Dutch son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking at the list of casts here, and it's got all Derek right, right, right. as. Gerben Capers. I think Ka- it's Capers. Capers. Capers? Okay, so anyway, the Dutch resistance is uh, led by a man called Capers and a doctor called Hans Ackermans. Uh, in a botched delivery of weapons, Capers' son, the leader of the resistance, um, who I just mentioned, is arrested along with other resistance members. And so Ellis, uh, who I didn't mention is Cl- Clarice Van Outen uh, from Game of Thrones, uh, Ellis agrees to help the uh, the cause by seducing the local SS commander Ludwig Muntze. In a cruel twist of fate, Ellis recognizes one of uh, his um, one of Muntz's colleagues at, at a ritzy party, and it's Franken, that tubby SS officer that I mentioned, that gun the man who murdered her family. So, Franken uh, offers Ellis a job as a secretary at headquarters, which she accepts. Uh, and Ellis goes to work immediately and plants a hidden microphone in Franken's office and conducts an affair with Munzer, uh, falling in love with him in part because he knows her identity as a Jew but accepts her as she is. Ellis discovers that the smuggler Van Gein uh, was the, the one who betrayed her to the Germans. Uh, the resistance leader forbids any reprisals, but Ellis, along with Ackermann's, that's the, the, the doctor, uh, who's part of the resistance, and some other Jewish members decide to kidnap this smuggler and expose him once and for all. Basically, it's a balls up, and they end up shooting him in broad daylight. It's a total freak, uh, you know, mess. Um, the homicidal Franken wants to kill 40, holage, 40, 40 hostages as payback, including the men from the original botched uh, weapons heist. Munzer comes to the rescue and belays the order, realizing that the war uh, is coming to an end. Uh, so he's like, "Well, you know, let's let's not uh, be murderous. This close to the end, I think." 
So Ellis comes clean to, to Munzer about her past, including Franken's involvement in having her family killed. And Munzer ha- has an SS higher up inspect Franken's safe in his office, but it's empty of valuables, so it's, it's an embarrassment. And Franken turns the tables by reporting Munzer for negotiating with the resistance. And Munzer is arrested and sentenced to death. The resistance attempt to rescue the prisoners with Ellis's help, uh, with her demanding that, that Munzer be rescued also. It's a trap, and all but Ackermans and another resistance member are slaughtered. Basically, someone's betrayed them, but we don't know who. Ellis is arrested uh, also and taken to Franken's office, where, for the benefit of the hidden microphone, thanks to Ella, uh, thanks Ellis for helping trap the resistance, who are now completely convinced that Ellis is the one who betrayed them, and they basically want her dead. So one of Ellis's girlfriends at um, Nazi HQ helps her and Munzer escape, and shortly after the, after this, the Netherlands is liberated by the Allies. Franken tries to escape by boat, but is sprung by Ackermans, that's the Doctor, and is killed, uh, with the Doctor now in possession of all the, the Jewish loot. Ellis and Munzer confront Schmal, the lawyer from the start, uh, convinced that he was involved in the setup also, the, the betrayal. He says that the evidence for who the real traitor is is in his little black book. It's the first time we're hearing of this black book, uh, which he wants to give to the Canadian authorities. He and his wife are suddenly shot by an unknown assassin, and Munzer takes off in pursuit of the killer. He's instead apprehended by some Dutch folks who recognize him. Um, Ellis uh, now has the black book in her possession, but uh, has lost Munzer, who is executed soon after. Ellis is arrested and humiliated and beaten, along with uh, other Nazi collaborators, before being rescued by Ackermans, now a a soldier in the Dutch army. Ellis is informed about Munzer's death and goes into shock, and Ackermans uh, administers an anaesthetic, but is re- which turns out to be actually a fatal dose of insulin, uh, because he is the real traitor, and he wants to kill her, presumably um, for the evidence in the Black Book. Uh, while he's distracted, she downs some chocolate and escapes into the crowd outside. Ellis convinces Capers, the the resistance leader, that she's no traitor with the help of the evidence in this black book, which shows that Ackerman's doctor had actually treated a lot of the Jews uh, that were murdered. uh, uh, He's consulted and treated them for various illnesses and and, um, delivered them into the hands of uh, the bad hombres. Uh, Ellis and Keepers get word word that Ackermans is planning to escape, and they intercept the hearse, which is outfitted with a, uh, with a special coffin, uh, so that Ackermans can escape uh, with his loot. Ellis tightens the screws, cutting off the custom air vents, uh, and Ackermans dies. We pick up the story in 1956. Uh, basically, Ellis is now got a family of her own in Israel, and it seems that she's donated half of the well her share of the loot to a local kibbutz. Uh, so. That's a story. <laughs> it is. It is very plotty, and I feel mm. like um, one one of the few criticisms I have of the film is that um, there's, a, there's a little bit too much action happening, sort of in the first uh, half an hour or so. Like there's a lot of the, uh, of scenes where where the resistance are trying to do something and they get thwarted all the time. It happens maybe four or five times. I'm like, did, did it have to happen that many times? Like it just becomes a bit. Bit, I don't know, a bit much that they just can't can't catch a break. You know, nothing goes their way. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You know, and, and, and that pushes the length of the film out a little bit too. Yeah. Um, so the film is about two and a half hours long. And I kind of, when I got to the end of the film, I forgot about the opening scene in Israel that's set in 1957. So when it comes mm. back at the end, I was confused for a few beats. And I just mm. thought, did, did, did it need the Israeli bookends? You know, I'm, I'm not mm. sure... What that adds to 
what that really adds to the film. I don't know. I mean, maybe you guys have a different. No, I agree. On that. I agree. Um, you know, he's probably got some highfalutin answer, and you know, mm-hmm. um, I mean, the the first thing you lose when you do a bookend like that is you lose dramatic tension because now we know she survives. So that's uh, right. Definitely. So it becomes a different story. It's obviously not a survival story. It's about it's about what happened when she was there. And um yeah, I I don't know. Like yeah, I, I don't I don't know what we gain. But, um Well, the, they both survive, right? So we know that Ronnie does as well. Yeah, her yeah. her carefree uh Nazi <laughs> collaborator, slut friend. slutty friend. <laughs> well, this is this is the weird thing because, you know, I I wrote down in my initial viewing of it i was like were were ronnie and ellis really friends um and 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 wouldn't ellis hate ronnie because she's basically a whore for the ss officers uh but then the second time i watched it because i watched it sort of like another i watched half of it again the next day but i i missed the wink there's there's a little wink that she gives to one of the officers where, where that hints that she's the one that's that saved them from uh from the prison which yes. if you did if you didn't see that you wouldn't know that ronnie had saved them therefore yes, you I, get to I, the you get to the end as i did and or, or at the i guess i was thinking back to the beginning because you, you see her she kind of bumps into her at this kibbutz on on a travel mm. i'm like they they wouldn't be friends you know yeah so if you miss that little beat which i did she did save yeah her. i did too she did save her but at the same time, she she was a a collaborator. She was, yeah. And so I think that's one of the complex things about the film is that it's actually a very charitable reading of, uh, you know, it plays with it plays with the way we feel about collaborators um, in a very interesting way, uh, because you know, and gives us like Valkyrie, it gives us um, it gives us a a a, a, a pleasant ss officer you know which is probably a no-no it gives us yeah a, a carefree nazi collaborator in ronnie who who um does what she does what she does doesn't feel massively bad about it um and gets away with it and marries a guy and has a full life and everything but we also get to see some of the worst behavior uh from the the newly freed dutch people who who totally humiliate and abuse um, Ellis, you know. Uh, so I, that's the big thing for me is that I, you know, you end up feeling. Um, I, I I felt really sorry for all of those collaborators, you know. And I think maybe, um, you know, it doesn't it doesn't mean that their behaviour is sanctioned. It doesn't mean, or maybe it does. Maybe that's what I'm saying. I'm saying I, it's like a, a retweet. It's like I'm saying. I think what they did was great, you know. <laughs> you know uh... Well, you do see during during some of the liberation scenes um, footage of women getting their heads shaved in mm. the street, and they were obviously chicks that had had partnered up with German officers, which is something that that my grandmother told me about years ago because she uh, she actually grew up in Holland and was in Holland during World War Two and actually hid a family of Jewish people under her house for six years during uh during the war and so Just she used to cheeky tell six years six years yeah. fucking yeah hell. whatever I, and i bet you there was not one person of color amongst them <laughs> <laughs> well well you know one of the things 
I also like about this film is there's no black people in it. <laughs> now, 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 hear me out, AJ. I feel like the audio. <laughs> hear me out, AJ. Hey, because Ricky, you know, Ricky, you know, this isn't this film... Black History Month. You're coming. You're going early. You're going early. <laughs> but you know, if this film was made by by, if it had any BBC involvement, every second character would be of colour, and the only villains would be white, which is historically inaccurate. And because this is a historical drama slash action film, and there were very few people of colour living in Europe before World War Two. You know. I got confused when you said BBC. Yeah, the BBC. <laughs> uh, you're both going really early. <laughs> Save it. Save it. <laughs> you had me you had me at BBC. <laughs> That's where I stopped listening. Yeah. <laughs> well before we leave Ronnie there, like my, my grandmother would tell stories of her and her sister riding for miles every day on her bike to farms to basically haggle farmers for a spare potato, a few eggs, maybe half a litre of milk, you know, while other women like Ronnie would just open their legs for real soap or good eats, good drink, some parties, some jewellery, probably stolen from Jews, you know. So for some women, there's no limit to their to their gold digging. <laughs> it took me a while. I was I like, want that going real chocolate, baby. Yeah, that real yeah. Cadbury. And and you know, <laughs> just just another you know little thing about my grandma. Like her her dad was kind of savvy and sort of saw the war coming, so he stockpiled some food sort of in oh, the wow. cellar before before it all happened. So they they did better than a lot of people, you know. But but stories of like you know by the end of the war there were no pets left. No, no one had pets anymore because they all got eaten. You know? Oh my god! I've so, never even thought about that. Yeah, just stuff like oh. that. Like, food was really hard to come by. You know? But this, yeah, but this movie um, is very interesting because it deals with a very specific uh, location and a very specific time. So it is we're in occupied Netherlands. I mean, you never see that. That that is that's what makes this mm. film New York unique. Uh, is that it's a Dutch perspective, you know? Oh, sorry, you know, it's a different perspective of 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 the um, the war, and it's at the end of the war mm. when they're losing, where everyone's sort of partying still, and there's this there's this air that oh yeah, like they're all because Franken is stockpiling because he can sense that the writing's on the wall. They all can sense the writing's on the wall. Yep. And so they're all sort of, they all do it differently. Like Munzer is more permissive. He's He's got a good heart. So he's like, oh, well, you know, let's let's cut the bloodshed. So he's more in that Valkyrie, Stuffenberger, whatever his name is, the guy from um, Valkyrie. That He's a Nazi, but he's not, you know, mm. a final solution Nazi necessarily, if there mm. is such a thing, you know. Uh, and... Um, uh, and then, whereas Franken's stockpiling for after, and it's just fascinating. Like, I, I'm, I want to know more about that that period when they knew. Like, think about that. There's a line in the film. Um, they say, "The Russians are in Berlin." Like, imagine that. Mm. Like, imagine that. Like, you know, so you're fighting the war, and we could do it now. Like Russia, Ukraine. Imagine if like. Well, it's ridiculous because Ukraine's so small. But like, imagine it's like, oh, if the if the Ukraine, if they were in the capital, you know, Moscow, mm. yeah, yeah, you know, like, like, and then it's like, if they're in your capital, it, which is actually what Putin wanted, right? He wanted to be in the Ukraine, Ukrainian capital in probably three days. Yeah. 
Yes. And so think about it. Berlin, the Russians are in Berlin. That is, it, it's fucking over. Like, why are we doing all of the, you know, the salutes and all of that? Like, it's over, you know? This is kind of a unique story in that way because you don't get to see Holland like this very often. But, but it looks amazing. You know, mm. I mean, just the the Dutch streets, the canals, the you mm. know, it looks like an amazing film. You know, well, it is an amazing film, but it looks fucking amazing. And I feel like if this if this film was made in Hollywood or or had Hollywood behind it, it, it would have been a slam dunk. You know, because I think what this film lacks is a really strong charismatic male lead. Mm. You know, I think that if, if if that was a Hollywood thing, like they would have had someone that would really take it to the next level because I think, uh, you know, I think Ellis is really good. Um, hmm. She's wonderful. Yeah, what's her name? Karis Von, Von Houten. She's hmm. she's really great, but I just think there's just, there's just not an equal man there, you know. Yeah, well, that but now we you can just think about Basic Instinct. You've got... Um, You've got Michael Douglas, one of the biggest stars in in the world, you know, and Sharon Stone, who was a new star, but still, that's what we're that's what we're talking about, you know, and that's what we're missing when when because now with the TV series or the independent movies or whatever we get now, we don't get those those the biggest stars in the world, you know, Al Pacino. But off- these guys are big over there. Yeah, these guys are massive. Yes, sure. Yeah. In Europe, no, yeah, they are totally. And and uh, but I, it's, that's why it's interesting to see Verhoeven after all of his big Hollywood efforts doing, you know, something smaller budget, but at the same time, he's such a fucking master that, mm. you know, he just he just really pulls it off. Looks great, you know, fully storyboarded, um, you know, a few FX shots in there, not too many. Um, yeah, great stuff. Did anyone think? Did anyone sort of... And I thought this last time I watched it years ago. How come no one talks about Inglorious Bastards with this movie? Because the... Which which came first? Uh, Black Book. So, mm. you know, that no one really mentions... And look, obviously, um, the, the idea of, you know, you're, of being Jewish and your family being murdered and, you know, there being some sort of payback is, um, you know, that lends itself to certain kinds of story beats you know and because it because this isn't a true story this is borrowed from true events some some kind you know specific events that are are true-ish but the story of ellis is fabricated just like the story in um of uh melanie lorenz character in um in inglorious bastards is is fabricated so i think they're on equal footing but we've got yeah girl witnessing both girls witness their family get murdered you know, there's party with Nazis and, you know, it's wearing red dresses and I don't know, like mm. we've got, but we've got two different styles of filmmaking. We've got Tarantino's one, which is experimental and challenging and good, but annoying. It's an annoying movie as well, like as as, as good as it is. It's whereas Verhoeven is, um, I guess, more of a classic filmmaker. So he's playing yeah. the game. I feel like T- Tarantino in- injects himself into his films too much you know mm. yeah like all those tarantino isms yes know. yeah that's right well he he doesn't mind yeah two characters talking about it geeking out about german cinema in the film mm. you know whereas this film's like got different concerns but um lots lots of great stuff uh 
set ups and payoffs in this movie were fantastic. I love little things like the chocolate, you know. So she, we see this chocolate a lot. Actually, is this a famous brand in in Holland or what? But um, no, I don't that, think so. Well, we hear early on um, that you know Ellis used to work with a in her previous life as a singer. She used to work with a comedian who when she had too much insulin she would have chocolate and she'd be okay and that's set up quite beautifully mm. and then that's how she gets out of her uh her mousetrap later on when Ackermans has has dosed her up with insulin bij de revue zat een oude komiek die had suiker en die spoot altijd voor de voorstelling en een vlug chocolaasnoep als hij te veel had gezet dat was eindeloos gezeur ja altijd beter dan creperen stuff like that that's just it's um taken for granted or the uniforms they use the uniforms of the the nazis who come in and jump the resistance are the ones they use to start to um try and get the to to break in and get the resistance members back i think things yes. like that mm. yeah. well for me there was sort of an added enjoyment element for me because having grown up with Dutch being spoken in my household with my grandma and my mum, like just hearing words again that I haven't heard for the longest time. And bizarrely enough, a lot of swear words and insults as well. So, <laughs> you know, words like up, which means pervert. I mean, us kids were called schmierlups. Often, you know. Well, they knew. They knew then. We know now. You know, you've got you've got lul, which means prick. We were called lul's all the time. We were called crangs, which in in the film it's translated as bitch. They say crang is bitch, but it's not. I don't think it's bitch. It's more just like an awful awful person. Slut. No, no, no. It's not slut. sexual. It's a, a crang is like uh, just I guess a, an awful person, like a, okay. you know. Okay. Anyway, though that's how I understand it to be. I, I'm pretty sure it doesn't mean bitch, yeah. But but uh, but Dutch people love saying love saying God for Doma, which means God damn it. They say God damn it all the time, you know. And oh. I just love because the guy, the Christian, like the real Christian guy, he kills that dude because mm. because he blasphemed, he fluked. Yeah, yeah, he fluked. Yeah, he fluked. And that's why, like, he couldn't kill him before because he's, you know, he's mm. obviously a religious guy. But then he, the guy says hot for Doma and then he fucking shoots him because he fluked, which means to, <laughs> to swear, you know. So I fucking, I just really enjoyed that because, you know, my mum used to say hot for Doma fucking all the time, you know, so.
used to call you the prick? Your mum or your grandmother? Both. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> oh, so good. Excellent stuff. Good. So what 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 other scenes did did we like? Oh, well my favorite bit is there's um is the Luger erection. That is just Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> That's I, yeah. so good. Per, so just to, for reminder for the audience Ellis comes in and she disrobes in front of Munsa and he's in bed with the satin sheets over his crotch and slowly his his member like <laughs> makes a tent a pants tent with the, with the with the blankets and perfect um, uh, 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 miming of the lifting of the erect penis it goes it could put a half pump it pumps up like like a like, like a, a bouncy castle. Like you're blowing up a bouncy <laughs> castle, and uh, and then she she goes, "Oh, what do you got here?" And she removes the blanket, and he's holding his luger there. Yes, you know, yeah, which is which is perfect. Was haben wir denn da? Für wie dumm hältst du mich eigentlich? Da tritt ganz zufällig eine wunderbare Frau in mein Leben. Ein paar Tage später erscheint sie im Reichshauptquartier und hat ganz zufällig all die Briefmarken dabei, die mir fehlen. Ganz zufällig stellt sich heraus, dass die Dame Jüdin ist. Und gerade an dem Tag, als sie anfängt, bei uns zu arbeiten, wird ganz zufällig Frankens bester V-Mann erschossen. Ist ein bisschen viel Zufall, findest du nicht? No, but what's great is she's excited by it. Mm. The Johnson. By the Johnson, yeah. <laughs> well, well no, that's a good point, though. Like, like, yeah, I mean, we don't need to get too graphic. But I'm just saying, that's a good point. When they're excited about about all that, it's 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 good. That's good, you know. Well, it's new and fun, right? They've just started checking up. Yeah, but you, you know, it's it, playful and yeah. yeah. No, that's good. So yeah, so so, so I like that scene. <laughs> <laughs> well, seeing seeing as we're on 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 the sex topic here, you know, like go on. So <laughs> you know. Tits and ass trump the ideology of white supremacy. Not even an SS officer can resist a slamming body, you know, because there's that scene. <laughs> there's that scene where he sort of realizes that oh, she she is or could be Jewish because she's you know mm. she's dyed her hair like she's trying to look like someone she's not, and and she says you know are these Jewish? You know, grabs the tit. Sind die Jüdisch? So are these Jewish? The ass, mm. you know. Sind die Jüdisch? And after that, he was like, oh, "I don't care." Just that's you know. right. Neither do I. Neither do I. I've told you. I've told you. I would take whatever woke punishment came my way if there was slam and hot chicks saying it. Like, it's never that. It's always dogs and you know, fa- and, and fatos and losers. It's never who you want. Mm-hmm. Simple. Yeah, it's never a hot chick yelling at you for being a white supremacist. Yeah, yeah, I take it. I take it. You know, I just go mm, tell me more. But but on 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 Munsa, he is actually. Uh, I think that's why the film is so effective because because when you think about it, the film the story is so obvious. It's it's not it, for all of the real elements. The idea of going behind enemy lines as a chick and having to do what you got to do. It's not 
particularly new. I feel like I've, it's it's been around before. But what is great is that, uh, and maybe this is Verhoeven's mastery, he has the SS guy um, acknowledge uh, that yeah she could but she's Jewish or that you know maybe he even suspects that she's part of the resistance I don't know like it's um yeah he's clever like and actually that's the we respect him from the very first moment because he says oh your hair was black your hair you've actually got black hair you know and um like he calls it out straight away he doesn't he's because if he was fooled the up until the very end of the movie you'd say this sucks yes yeah yeah Yeah, because there'd be that scene where he realizes that she's you know she's the mole yeah, that's right. There was never that. And in fact, the Luger erection scene is the mom- is the the scene when he gets her to come clean about everything. So he's mm. pushing for the truth. And that's why part of the reason why I like him. I'm like, oh, this guy's smart and reasonable mm. as well. Like he's not he's not a, a homicidal maniac. Yeah, he's human. Yeah, for sure. I think Verhoeven uh Himself, I've I've got this nice quote here. It says, uh, "In this movie, everything has a shade of grey. There are no people who are completely good and no people who are completely bad. It's like life. It's not very Hollywoodian." Uh, well, Verhoeven, you're fucking cancelled, okay? Because <laughs> that is not. If you think you can have shades of grey, you know <laughs> that that's code for I don't care about black people, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking during this movie though you tell me what you think I think we want to see hot women have sex with bad dudes for the right reasons like okay. sure we really well we really just want to see hot women get punished for being hot by being nailed, nailed <laughs> by pig men like that's really like, like the Franken with his cock out yeah oh. but that's the thing it's like Jennifer Connelly at the end of Requiem for a Dream you're part of you as oh, a man oh come on you're watching it and you're going that's what you get for being so hot I want to cry <laughs> um, and then that is tattooed in your brain forever it is, it is. <laughs> but but in order to justify this endeavour for the average Joe um, they've added in that she's, Ellis is doing it for Queen and Country, so mm. that sort of softens it all a bit. Um, but but the but really, that's a MacGuffin. The movie's really you're really enjoying her having to get up close and personal with that SS penis. Yeah, yeah, I agree, hundred <laughs> percent. Okay, so there's nothing to discuss then. Everyone agrees. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Moving on. Well, I think you know it's sort of. Uh, it's, could, could you say that's sort of a Herven style? Like, I mean, his, his movies always have sex in it, and you mm. know, like. yes. Now he does seem to come from. Well, he would probably say, you know, he's a very human guy, so he he says, "Oh, well, life has sex in it, so what's the problem?" You know, I don't see what the problem is. He wouldn't accept mm. the premises that come at him from, you know, these. Well, that's why he doesn't make Hollywood movies anymore, because in Europe, these discussions don't don't they don't happen. You know, like it's just not, they're not hung up about sex. Like the, like the, the repressive attitudes towards sex are baked into America because of their, their, their very particular kind of religiosity and conservatism. Mm. Um, you know, that, that there's something about that that's baked in. It's not there in Europe. You can see it in the way Clarice Van Houten stands. When she takes off her clothes, her shoulders are back are back and down like she's got no yeah. 
there's no um, inhibition. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like mm. she's she's standing there like she's just in her bathroom. It's no yeah. no no problem, you know. Whereas we see it in these American movies. If you get these titties out, it's like, you know, just I don't know. It's not the same, you know. Mm. So yeah, yeah. Verhoeven and Verhoeven was probably given her direct like they you know. I don't know whether he went that next level, which we've talked about before, of the director getting naked, which is, you know, um, <laughs> just to make him comfortable, you know? Yeah. Did Lars von Trier do that? <laughs> I feel like he did. I feel like he yeah. did. He said, if you don't do it, if we don't do it now, then it'll be weird. And you go, yeah, well. Yeah, I think that was in The Idiots he did that. In The Idiots, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's let's talk about Franken because he was oh. delicious. He was a delicious piece of shit, that guy. He was a pig man. Uh, yeah, and, he's a what, poster boy. Yeah, for pig men. That's right. And one of the early scenes is when he comes into the bathroom when Ellis and Ronnie are taking a piss, and he's got to take a piss. Ty, it, mm. it's got his cock out. Yeah, he's got his, yeah. his measly little cock out, and he's full frontal nudity, and yeah, he's just a balding pig. You must only sorg that such a high mof can't enough for you get. You, Gunther, here. No, but this is the stuff we need to give Oscars for. Like that is, if you're willing to 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 have that to be that generous to a part, mm. I mean, give him a fucking award. Give him something. Like like, the, the, that is a a really ugly, beautiful performance. Like he was such a scumbag. And you sent me this clip before where he was. He had Ronnie on his lap and he's playing her titties. He plays her yeah. piano and then he yes. goes up her body and plays her titties. Yes. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but even when he's got his cock out and then he starts touching Alice, like you fully get creeped out. Yeah. Like this dude's fully naked touching you and you know that he wants to fuck you more than he wants to fuck Ronnie. It's mm. just gross. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And But Ronnie does that. He comes up behind and opens up the, the shirt and shows the bosoms yeah. and I looked at the bosoms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end. That's, that is all. That's you on the... This- you understand. <laughs> that is all, Your Honor. <laughs> but then Ronnie says, "Hands off!" Like she's That's she's right. for not. She's oh, for months. Yes, you know. yes, yes. Very yeah. good. Very good. Yeah, she does say yeah. that. She says you've just got to keep your your kraut, you know, pleased, and then it's all good. Mm. Yeah. So I feel like she's doing Alice a favour then. Yeah. Well, she was. Like she's saying you don't have to fuck this pig man. You can go back. Actually, and well, fuck that the is. Guy. But but she, but the fact that she was so unrepentantly fucking him mm-hmm. yeah is is you know pretty 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 out there yeah <laughs> you know yes she was having a great time though there was that scene where they're like pouring liquor on her 
That's right. Good old champagne showers. Yeah, I, 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 I felt like she was about to get railed by like several officers at once there, but we don't really see that much. And I think... Mm, it's probably just your internet history talking, I think. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like I wanted. I mean, I felt like it was going to happen, uh, uh, but then it cut away. And then, it, yeah. I was really disappointed. I mean, I hated it. I mean, what? I feel like the downside of the movie was. Yeah, that's scene. right. My major criticism was they didn't perform a train on her. Yes, that's right. <laughs> but if if Verhoeven. If he would have gone there, uh, I, I think it would have made that whole Ronnie situation with with like to a to a grotesque sort of level. Which I mm. mean, it, it could have gone there because it was kind of grotesque the way she was just like fucking this guy and just just you know getting the jewelry and just you know. No, like, but then but Verhoeven said it's Shades of Grey. So if she was mm. railed, that would be Requiem for a Dream. It would you be being punished? On Gone some level, totally dark, yeah, yeah, pu- mm. but but punished for something. Whereas Ronnie was not punished; she was rewarded, and mm. and that's why the movie's so interesting. You know, you just go, oh wow, like yeah, she just did all that, and then now she's she's quite happy. She's the happiest character in the movie. Yeah, mm. did what she had to do. Well, she just kind of shack, shacks up with a uh, a British army guy. She's is she on a tank, like, or maybe just on a on a car or something. And she sees Ellis in the crowd as this during the liberation or the celebrations, and she's just like, "Look, I got myself a new new boyfriend, and he's got all this chocolate and cigarettes yeah. or whatever, you know." <laughs> yeah. I get it. You get it. You get it. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Dutch people love chocolate, though they eat it for breakfast. So, yeah, yeah. but it's better right. than that. Their um, horrible licorice lollies. Though. Oh, salted licorice, yeah. That, oh wow! Yeah, there because I uh, one of my uh, first girlfriends. I was much older than you think when I got her, AJ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but I'll never, I'll never tell. So anyway, the point is, she had Dutch heritage, and she we used to go to the markets, and she'd show me. She'd go, oh, "These are all the Dutch lollies," and I looked at the wall. There's like you know ten, ten uh, you know plastic tubs of just all black and brown lollies and i'm like this ain't lollies what is this and um <laughs> it's just basically different strengths of salted licorice <laughs> oh not totally because those brown ones are cinnamon based so they're they're the ones oh. i would i would go for okay was I one of them the cinnamon salmiak was that one of them maybe that's it was one of them anyway not important doesn't matter <laughs> doesn't matter mate <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the film. Anyway, back to the film. Well, look, before before we get too deep into this thing, I think we just oh. got to do... I think it's time. It's time. Creepers, creepers, where'd you get those creepers? Creepers, creepers, where'd you get those eyes? So just two tonight, uh, two um, suitors, shall we say. Uh, we've got Sebastian Koch. As uh, Ludwig Munzer, look, 40s probably. Mm-hmm. I think I was, actually I looked it up. He's 60 now, so maybe 45-ish. Um, okay. um, we don't know a whole lot about him. Um, but we do know that he uh, he is secondhand. So he did have a wife and 
bit of a family before. They're not around anymore. So mm-hmm. that's true. He's a widower. Yeah, he's a widower. I don't know if that, I don't know if that's appealing mm. to you because that, that might be. I, I feel like chicks mm. dig a hot a hot widower because he, he he's not he's not divorced, so he's not like a relationship fuck up. He's like. Yeah, but you have to live up to the ex the to the dead well, wife. That, the dead know. wife, and she's saintly, you know. So yeah. anyway, well, just that's something to consider. He is wholesome stamp collector. So it's all about them stamps. So (laughs) have you got good stamps? But a lot of people were back in the day, yeah. Yeah. Well, if you've got him, he's got the book and you can do it together. (laughs) That's true. Combined interests. I buried the lead a little bit. Um, He's got, he doesn't work at a really great place. Um, <laughs> but Go- government job, government job, government job. But they they are going through some upheaval, and I feel like we don't know what's going to happen. I don't think there's a long term gig in it. I think you'll probably okay. be on you know uh, benefits soon. Anyway, um, so a lot to consider there. Okay. Next up, uh, Voldemar Kobus as Gunther Franken. Now, now a bigger, bigger framed guy. So you know, we know, we know how that goes. Um, look, uh, he too is a, you know, in a bit of a, I don't know, a not great job, but at the same time, he's got a very lucrative side hustle. So that's true. So it's a bit like you know, a guy who works at a at a um, slaughterhouse or something. Uh, buddy, but but he's a beat maker, you know. Okay, so <laughs> my ex used to work in a slaughterhouse. So, so, wow. so been there, done that. Imagine that, and he was a beat maker. At, <laughs> so it's that sort of thing. He's very lucrative side hustle. Now I don't know how to say this. He's not going to be a model anytime soon. He kind of has a body like Tony Soprano. He does have that sort of um, yeah blimp, the kind of hunch. But but it's a Zeppelin blimp sort of look. Mm. And hairy. He's shaped like a chicken nugget. Sort of. I'll let that hang out there. All right. Now, just I'll knock out a couple of these things just to finish off. Um, Good singing voice. uh, Tiny pecker. um, (laughs) Move on quick. Uh, Quite clever and wily, you know. So, Tiny Pecker, clever, wily, good singing voice. That's all. That's all in a bunch yeah, for he's you. He's good there. on the piano. Okay. There yeah. you go. Ricky's always thinking he's a good on the piano too. <laughs> so, um, all right. That's where we're at. Okay. What have we got? Munzer and Franken. I'm gonna say Franken, of course. Creeper. Disgusting. <laughs> Disgusting. Big man. I thought, I thought you were going to say keeper. <laughs> Monson, look. Look, the SS thing's not great. But no, it's not good, is it? He's a keeper. It's not, it's, he's, he's a, a keeper. keeper. He's a keeper. Oh. And if you had said Ackerman's, he's a keeper too. It would have been a clean sweep. Wow. <laughs> Are you serious? I cannot Hans believe was hot. another cannot, hottie, like Rob, the first guy that died on the boat. Oh my god! I cannot believe I had the opportunity to have a keeper. We That's could have right. had a keeper sweep. Keeper oh. sweep. 
Ackermans. He was dirty. He had a dirty face, like a. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> likes to fuck. Yes, uh, when he grabs her, when he grabs oh. that woman by the pussy. Because yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's that scene where, where he's checking her out, where she's dying of oh, pubes. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, mm, mm, yeah. another standout that. scene. That's right. <laughs> great <laughs> stuff. Great, great stuff. Great stuff. Like, fantastic. We've got to keep her. And I'm, I think this is the first um, Nazi keeper uh, <laughs> that we have. He was a good one. He was a good Nazi. <laughs> the good Nazi. A kindly Nazi. That's great. Yeah. Great stuff. Excellent. And uh, but but seriously, for a second I thought you were gonna say, of course, absolutely Franken keeper. I thought I thought <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I drew it out. I don't know why. <laughs> oh god. All right, fantastic. Moving on. Alright, here's my trivia. Uh, Karis von Hutten uh, did all her own singing. Uh, she and she speaks four languages in this film: Hebrew, Dutch, English, and German. And she does them very well. Wow. Uh, she's a powerhouse. She's yeah. boss. I'm, I'm I'm surprised I haven't seen her more. Like she was recognisable to me, and then I sort of googled her, and I go, "Oh yeah, she's in Game of Thrones." But is she in anything mm. else? Yeah. So a couple of little things. She's in Valkyrie. So interestingly. Oh. Well. No, but weirdly, she so she's Stuffenberg's Tom Cruise's wife in that. Um, but that's big. Like to imagine that I'm Tom Cruise's wife in that movie. Yeah, that's, that's huge. Wow. Um, and weirdly, her partner he played uh, Stuffenberg in a TV movie like the year a couple of years before. So because um, Van Houten ended up, she married um, her co-star in Black Book. Weirdly, but she's now she's now shacked up with uh, our own Guy Pierce. Having Guy, Guy Pierce's baby. That's hot. So on we on we go. Director Paul Verhoeven and screenwriter Gerard uh, Sotman got the idea for this movie while doing research for Soldier of Orange, which was a film he did in 1977. A million years ago. Yeah, a long time ago. Um, so basically, instead of simply working on the controversy surrounding the Dutch resistance into an already top-heavy screenplay of that film, they decided to make a separate movie out of it, and uh, so him and the screenwriter, they wrote the screenplay over a period of almost 20 years, and they finally solved many of the script problems by making the main character a woman. 20 years to work on a script, it's a long time. Uh, And this is the first Paul Paul Verhoeven movie in 23 years to feature male full-frontal nudity. So, which was quite commonplace in his early Dutch films, but uh, due to the movie rating system being much more strict in the US, he uh, didn't do that over there. So, mm. dicks away. Yeah, yuck. So when principal photography took longer than anticipated, uh, Karis uh, von Houten, uh, von Houten, sorry, had to return to the production uh, while she was already scheduled to play or, or to appear in a stage play. And that theatre company successfully sued 
the production company of the film uh, for the delay of several months uh, that was caused by her absence, and they got 60,000 euros out of them. Oh. Seems like a lot. It must have been a pretty big production. Now, uh, the feces that are poured over Ellis near the end of the movie consisted mainly of mashed potatoes, Mm. ginger cake, peanut butter, and some colouring additives. And because the filming of the scene was quite grueling, uh, director Paul Verhoeven allowed uh, allowed her to throw the artificial feces at him after sh- after shooting. <laughs> that is fucking gross, isn't it? That's huge vat of shit mm. that they just pour over her at the end. You know, well, for, for yeah. being a, a Nazi collaborator and sympathizer in 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 mm. their eyes. Again, it's the brilliance of the film because it tests you, uh, and and something about that. It's very memorable and, and and it's so horrible that yeah, it just makes those people that that look like such beasts, you know. Mm. Like what was it? Mm. What did, is this? What like they say in the film? Is this what we're fighting for? You know, like to become monstrous ourselves. You know? You know, my wife had a, had a huge problem, not with the shit, but with the officer that comes to console her and put puts his arm around mm. her. And she's like, what is that guy doing? Don't mm. touch her. Don't touch her. You're getting shit all over your arm. Yeah, I was grossed out by that too. Yeah. Well, I thought it was nice because, you know, like <laughs> they if you really care about someone, then you don't care they're covered in shit, you know? Like, nah, I care. <laughs> so, if I, so, so if either of us get covered in shit, AJ, yeah, you're, you're on gonna, your own. You, you go, oh, I'm I'll, help you home. You. I'll help you, but just if you could just sort yourself out first, that'd be that'd be nice. <laughs> I'd be the one with the hose. Uh, yeah, he, he did her all mm. solid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, is that all the trivia? It is indeed. <laughs> okay, yeah, very good. <laughs> if I was you, I'd wanna be me too. I'd wanna be me too. I'd wanna be me too. Me too, Mita. Here we go. Heaven's the Bechdel. Uh, we've talked about this, the Bechdel test. Uh, in, it's an informal way to evaluate bias against women in films and other media. A worker said to pass the Bechdel test if one, it has two named women and who two talk to each other about three, something other than a man. So Ronnie and Ellis do converse, but it's mainly about their Nazi sugar daddies. <laughs> so I think it fails. True. It does. Yeah. yeah. But, but this is a tricky one because Ellis... She has so many conversations with men that have nothing to do with men, really. They're to do. I know, with but it has to have two women, though. Mm. Two women that talk to each other. Yeah. About something other right. than a man. Yeah. Yes. Mm. So. Mm. I guess it fails then. It fails badly. Good. The Bechdel test does not want you to have fun ever. Okay, that's what you need to learn. All right, some charges. <laughs> There's only a couple of here, really. Maybe you can add to it as, as we go because it, yeah, it's a tricky film. Um, there's a line um, at the beginning that was most troubling. Um, English, uh, a guy um, sails past Ellis and says, she's playing music and sunbathing, and he says, English music is forbidden, 
but not for sexy girls, he says. Mm. What the fuck does this even mean? This is cishet bigotry and ableist against ugly dogs. Uh, sexy women should be should be dealt with in some way, I think. I have an elegant solution which I've seen practiced in some forward-thinking societies. What if we covered sexy women head to toe in some kind of heavy black cloth... <laughs> With only <laughs> slits for eyes. That way, I wouldn't get a fat boner. They'd be <laughs> nice and warm. And it's just an idea. So, But the thing is that he's hot too. Oh. If it was a, if if it was Franken saying that, gross. Yeah, but the Are guy's hot. If, if I'd had that sailing guy in there as well, it could have been a triple, <laughs> a triple threat. Seriously, yes. Oh yes. yeah, and the train could have been performed on me. Yeah, that guy's hot, and also in Game of Thrones. Is he? Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, Rob. Who's he, who yeah. Is, he, is he Rob? So wow. His name is Rob. No, 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 no. His his name in the movie, uh, this movie, is Rob. Okay, I'll look him up. Um, yeah, I thought yeah, he was. He was. Hard. I thought he was quite attractive. Mm. Um, Verhoeven is clearly up to his dirty tricks again. Here he uses World War Two and the plight of the Jewish people to explore his real interests. The naked body of Carice Van Houten. We see a loving close up of her pubic hair as she's <laughs> dying it blonde. <laughs> There are numerous shots of her presenting her bosoms, probably under duress. Who knows? I'm not saying she was pressured, but I wouldn't put it past Verhoeven. So let's skip the court and I say get cancelling. All right? (laughs) So women's bodies are just commodities for men. Okay. Here, the so-called noble resistance have no problem asking Ellis to lay with an SS officer and to accept a stranger's penis into her body. She's just just expected to lay back and take it. It could be deformed like Harvey Weinstein's, we don't know. (laughs) Is what I'm saying. Or it's a gun. Or it's a gun. And she was into the gun, so... Uh, misogyny, I think, as we've talked about this, the defining image for the this misogynistic enterprise is the humiliated Ellis on the ground, naked, beaten, and covered with human waste. This is how men want to see you, ladies. Okay, so keep oh. that in keep that in mind. Keep that in mind uh, at the Christmas party. All right. <laughs> Perhaps I'll finish these charges with uh, a little anthem performed by Ellis at one point. It's the lyrics, AJ, let's study them together. It's called Naughty Lola. They call me Naughty Lola, the season's hottest star. I've got a pianola at home in my boudoir. But tickling my ivories is definitely taboo. And any man who tries it will get a kick in the kazoo. (laughs) So... Fantastic. The songs are quite good in this film. Hmm. And the music. You can tell that it's his uh, movie by him because it's similar music. Is jaunty. um, Actually, get get that for a second. 
AJ just brought up a point, Ricky. Did you think this had a Goldsmith, Jerry Goldsmith sound? Oh, yeah. Sure. Especially for the, for, in the... For the underscore, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wondered if he if he just dumped the CD, a CD on the composer's desk and was like, come on, give me some Goldsmith, you know? I yeah, feel like, for the, especially in the first half. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But um, on a more on a lighter note, I just love jaunty German ditties. Yeah, like cabaret sort of ditties. Mm. Yeah, because the German language is not really a language of love, uh, but the their jaunty ditties sound great. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I had. Did you have anything to add to the uh, charges? I mean, Ronnie was a total tramp. We'll throw that in she there. Was, yeah. <laughs> But yeah. unpunished, so it depends whether you think that's good or not. Maybe that's good. I don't mm. know. Mm. I don't know. This is like pre-OnlyFans. What else she, was she going to do, you know? Mm. Yeah. It's like that. That that is wartime OnlyFans right there. You could get that money. Wartime. Well, you've got to have a good life. Mm. You want the good job? You want the secretary <laughs> life with the chocolate and the good wine? Yeah. Oh. You want a good body? You want a high, you, you know, you want a Maserati? <laughs> <laughs> Get to work. Oh, you got to suck on. <laughs> yeah, Franken is a work. <laughs> <laughs> so this this is a tricky one because uh, because Ellis is kind of the, the the star of the movie and she's female mm. and she's a, a strong character and you know she prevails. So mm. and it's low, yeah. No, it, I, I think it's one of those where it could be low or it could be high depending on mm. on how you look at it. You know. Mm. So I, I I think what what does it for me is, you know, like that 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 early scene where she's dying dying of pubes and mm. and the guy yeah what just, did it for just, you yeah hundred yeah, percent that did yeah, it for you it did it for me but <laughs> <laughs> but I think that that sort of tips it over because the the uh, the guy just grabs her grabs her tits and basically just takes her and mm. I don't know she's she's a bit of a possession Stop to be your eyes, Frico. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well full uh, uh, Franken. <laughs> I think uh yes. Because the resistance uses her as well. Like you know, she's yeah. sort of used as a as a as a sex object really. Hmm. Yeah. She is actually the, the they do all try and have a go as well. They're like, he's like, oh, what can I do for you? He's like, oh, you can take this off, and mm. you know, like, so they're that's pigs true. too, you know. Yeah, that's true. Like, like so, the the resistance guys were were pigs mm. as well. Tim. Yeah. Yeah, Tim, mm. and so I guess she's sort of used and abused by a lot of people in the film. So I don't know. We know the left doesn't care about Jews, and neither does Kanye West for that matter, and. <laughs> We, it feels like a seven or something, seven or eight. Like it's, yeah, 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 mm. yeah. Like they'd have to make a bit of an argument, but the Guardian would find a way. I think. To, mm. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I was going to go seven. Then again, she is Euro, and she gets them out. As you sent me this uh, link to, I believe it's uh, the Fappening Blog dot com. Uh, <laughs> a lot of pictures of uh, Carice Van Houten. Nude, fully nude. Yeah. Um, and she's a champ, isn't she? Like she, she's, she's a champ. She's a champ. She's, <laughs> it's fucking getting it out. Look at that. Just doing it. 
This is Astro's in, just showing us a, a collage, if you will, of <laughs> of her. <laughs> um, I need to know what this movie is, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought that too. She's There's got them squished, squished up against some glass. There, glass pane. I, I think if you squish boobs up against glass um, in a movie, I think you should win an automatic Oscar. <laughs> Like that, it would just be delivered to you. They'd say, "Here you go." Just then, they'd go, "Don't even talk about it. Just here you go. Have it. Take it." <laughs> so anyway, um, she gets them out in a lot of films, uh, and yeah, they're they're good. So um, I don't know. So yeah. Anyway, no, because she's. Be- no, the point was no, no, no. The point was because she's Euro Guardian writers could be like. Oh yes, it's just so she's just so she's free and feminine and great. Like they'd find a way mm-hmm. to to make it work yeah. when they want and it Ronnie to. And Ronnie is too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When they want it to mm-hmm. work, it works, and when they don't, it does. It it's not okay. But the thing we're neglecting is uh, is crimes of the past. So I feel like a workster would look back at what happened in Basic Instinct and how you know allegedly. Sharon Stone was duped into spreading her legs for the famous beaver mm. shot, and mm. that would be brought into any movie that Verhoeven does forevermore. Is going to be tainted by that trickery that allegedly happened. Yeah, you're right. Well, um, Sonia, what are we giving it? Seven. Seven. Great. Yep, that's all there. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Bubona this week uh, was, you know, highly rewarding. There was a lot, a lot of opportunities. Life's about opportunity, AJ. There was a lot of opportunity in this for me to see them up close in different lighting, uh, and just reviewing it now. Just quick, quick review now. Small nipples, but big. But everything else quite big. So, so Bobada is off so, the chain. So yeah, those quality, nipples were small, weren't they? Yeah, they are small, but but you know, quality outstanding. Um, as I said, so uh, just got to get it ready. There you go. <laughs> so so that's the it's the bubometer. Um. <laughs> so I have a few reviews here. Literary critic Jessica Durlacher, uh, who is a daughter of an Auschwitz survivor, described the film uh, with the following comparison. She says, uh, the reality of 1940 to 1945, as portrayed in Black Book, compared to its reality, is like the Eiffel Tower in Las Vegas compared to the original in Paris. Is this so? This wasn't a documentary. Uh, I'm shocked. Um, You know. So, according to Jason Solomon's in the Observer, he says Black Book is great fun, an old-fashioned war movie in parts, but with deep undercurrents about fugitive Jews, the resistance collaborators, and the messy politics of war. This being Verhoeven, there's lots of sex. Uh, and a scene in which the extremely attractive star bleaches her pubic hair. That aside, hers is a star-making performance putting even Scarlett Johansson in the shade. Strange she doesn't care much for the uh, pubic hair scene there, but... Um, it was great. That, that contribution was outstanding. 
Indeed, yeah. Uh, Richard Schnickel of Time named the film one of the top 10 movies of 2007, ranking it at number five, calling it a dark, richly mounted film. Mounted? Uh, (laughs) While he saw the film as possibly old-fashioned stylistically and rather manipulative in its plotting, he also saw something deeply satisfying in the way it works out, the fates of its troubled yet believable characters. There you go. It was very very positively received, I think, you know. Well, again, like in comparison to what we're doing now, it's it's a it's a slam dunk. So, mm. you know, very good. Yeah. So, go out and check out this movie. Mm. And what are we what are we watching next week? Uh next week, uh we're watching L starring Isabelle Huppert. Uh so, you know, this is the one Jessa uh Crispin um sort of talked about. Uh and I'm I'm very excited. Isabel mm. Huppert doesn't give a damn. She 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 really she'll do anything. <laughs> can't can't wait. <laughs> right. And hopefully I'll be back uh, in you know more familiar surroundings uh, for, for, for that for that uh, particular show. Well, we said what we said. Uh, <sighs> yeah. yeah. I did say that I liked that there was no black people in this film. <laughs> Yeah, look, this hasn't been a great show. I said that I'd fuck an SS officer or get railroaded <laughs> by <people>. So. <laughs> uh, great stuff. Uh, long live the new flesh. <laughs> long live the new flesh. Not important. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, mate.